Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to another episode of Undying Light. I am Alex, and I am kind of, but not really by myself tonight. I am joined with a very secret special guest. Secret special guest, would you like to introduce yourself? Hey, I'm Anthony. Uh, I run the uh, IG page, Speak Gospel Truth, and it's it's awesome to be here again. I, I feel honored and blessed to be on a show with you guys. Well, with you. Uh, I know Paul's not here. Yeah, yeah, it's just... Just me this time. So, uh, Anthony, thank you for joining. Uh, so what we're going to be talking about uh, tonight is we're going to be actually carrying on with our worship series. Uh, we started this way back uh, a few, quite a few months ago. I started with Wake Up Church, and I started going through bookstores. Uh, I started uh, talking about the church worship, and we looked at how the church had uh, – kind of gone through a history of worship in terms of like music and things like that. Uh, and so we're finally getting to the next episode in this whole long extravaganza, uh, which by the way, I have this episode, uh, which we're, you're hearing now. Uh, and then Anthony's going to join me again and we're actually going to tackle uh, part two of this episode. So we're going to cliffhang this episode at the mm. end. And then I have one episode by myself, and then I'm going to have an, a special guest on our final episode for the series, which those two episodes will deal with uh, uh, the sermons and uh, you know the approach that – kind of the meat that people get out of the service itself. Uh, so I'm going to wrap up that series then. But then uh, I will have additional – series going on i don't know i have a couple things up my sleeve that i'm gonna tackle but that's uh for a later episode as i kind of unhatch those but so anthony tonight this is the premise that we are going to talk about we are going to take the christian from the outside into the sanctuary and we are going to talk about the experience inside of the sanctuary and then next week we are going to, or next time you hear the episode, hopefully I could do two episodes in a row. That would be awesome. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> next time it's going to, uh, we're going to deep dive into some uh, lyrics and talk about why you should not 
play certain artists or, or, or really how a, as a church leader or a member of the church, you should be cognizant of what your church is playing. Oh, that's, that's when the rubber hits the road, man. Right. Yeah. With lyrics I, and yeah. Yeah. So we're going to get some, we're going to get, I I'll take all the heat for that one. So you, <laughs> you don't have to worry about it, but, uh, so yeah. So, uh, I guess here's what we're going to look at. So we're, uh, going to take this journey into, uh, kind of a lot of churches at one time. Um, I, I don't know really, I've never really heard your, uh, background in terms of like church going so uh why don't you fill me in on that like when you like what denomination i know you're reformed but um like what kind of church do you go to things like that i'm kind of interested what what like what kind of church i go to now yeah you say? yeah um well it, i don't i wouldn't classify the church as unfortunately as reformed um i think um it it, it kind of walks that fine line of you know a um well, what I've noticed, it's it's trending towards um, this kind of seeker sensitive um, from, from from the worship um, standpoint, at least in my opinion. I think the pastor is he's you know, everything he's he's uh, all of his teachings, they have been sound. Um, and you know what I find is uh, he's not an older guy, but he's not uh, you know, he's not like Stephen Furtick or, <laughs> or anything like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Um, so what I what I found was they they brought in a, a youth pastor who he's got to be like maybe in his early 20s and it, it's interesting how the church has kind of shifted to look like kind of this mini um, and I hate to even say this but it, it is it's 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 kind of that seeker you know seeker sensitive friendly um, church it's kind of shifting that direction so you know my wife and I are kind of looking you know to see that you know if, if we need to kind of move. Um, Move, move to a different uh different church so that's wow. that's where i am right now i you mm-hmm. know um i i was i think i mentioned in the first episode you guys uh let me let me join in on um i, I was raised catholic so um i grew up listening to you know the traditional hymns and uh you know they didn't you know it was piano and uh in the choir and i think maybe they would occasionally have a have a guitar um but it's really the, the organ and uh and, and so that's what I what I was raised in. Um, and then I and then I went to a, a, I ended up going to a super charismatic type of church, which that gets into a whole other topic of like, oh, yeah, tongues and <laughs> rolling around on the floor. And yeah, I, was, yeah. I, think, I think I was, yeah, that pushed me to kind of become agnostic for a, a, a while. <laughs> yeah, I bet. I bet. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's kind of an interesting uh, processes because I feel like, and I've seen this a lot out of the Catholics as, as they move to a, you know, they, they, they feel like their theology is dead. And so they want the vibrance and the, the liveliness. And so they move into like a Catholic sort of, uh, you know, culture and environment. And then they, they just get so burnt out because they feel like even though their church is lively and everybody's doing stuff and people are running around like their, you know, pants are on fire, they're not being fed yeah. and so they get burnt out real quick and they become agnostic or an atheist or, you know, when in reality they never really had the faith to begin with. You're spot on. Yeah. yeah so it's spot it, on. It's crazy how that kind of flows. And then, you know, like uh, somebody like you, Paul came out of a, a Pentecostal movement. Nick came from uh, an atheist background. So, I mean, it's, uh, 
it's interesting to see how all of you guys have kind of come together and um, really have just blossomed in your knowledge. I mean, uh, it's an honor for me to know all of you and, and, and to play, uh, you know, on this podcast with you guys. So, uh, so let me ask this, and I don't know how much experience you have in it. So um, how, how many denomination services have you attended? Um, let me think, uh, well, Catholic, obviously, um, mm-hmm. Baptist, uh, Presbyterian and, you know, then the quote unquote, uh, non-denominational I've been to like, you know, I think I've been, uh, four different non-denominational churches is what they were called. Okay. So quite a few, I, I would say, I mean, well, I don't know, but to me, it seems like I've hopped around a lot throughout my yeah. life. Yeah. Yeah. So what we were, what I was really kind of uh, envisioning uh, in this episode is, is using our experiences and then obviously what we have grown and seen from other people on Instagram and, and everything else that we read and we study is to take the user, not the user, I work in IT way too, way too long. Dude, I, right? I, same, same. User oh, experience. Man. User experience. But, you know, that's what they view it, right? These churches now have become yeah. so consumer focused uh, mm-hmm. that it's all about getting people in the building. And so what we're going to do is take you guys, the listeners kind of on an experience to go through some of these different denominations. Now it's interesting because um, the contemporary type services aren't just limited to the non-denominationals. They, they have now branched into just about everything. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I guess really what we're looking at is when you walk in the door of a church, what are the, some of the things that you experience in, in the bigger box churches? So uh, the, uh, the first one that pops to mind is, uh, it was, it, I actually used to attend a, a church, uh, that, um, oh my goodness, uh, the, the guy just left Christianity, Josh, I'm, now I'm drawing a, I'm drawing a, Blank. Oh, Josh Harris. Yeah, Josh yeah. Harris. So, so he was he was the pastor. Mm-hmm. Um, he was actually an assistant pastor. The CJ was our pastor. Um, but you know that that church pops into my in, into my head. You know, we used to walk in there, and it was and in and actually, I mean, I've been to one of this way. It's very similar. Um, you, you walk in, and you're just you know the experience. At least the experience for me is you walk in and you're kind of inundated with all these greeters. I mean, from, from the sidewalk all the way into, uh, you know, into the main sanctuary. Um, you know, and to me, it's a little, you know, it's a little, it was a little, it, it's always been a little overwhelming. It's kind of like going into, uh, you know, uh, you know, you're shopping somewhere and you're, you're hit with salespeople or <laughs> a used card, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It, so it's just it's this big experience and it's like this, you know, um, the greeting and everything. And, and yeah, absolutely. Gentleness, kindness, love. And, you know, I think it's important. But I think there's there's a point where you know, isn't there a line of like when it becomes almost like so forced. It, it, so, you know, again, that's partly, you know, how I interpret it and uh, for better or for worse. I don't know. But, um, you know, and you walk in and, and you're walking into a sanctuary where it's, uh, you know, it's it's a light show. It's smoke machine um and it it feels a lot like a rock concert honestly 
Um, mm. You know, for 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 the, these two specific ones that I'm I'm thinking of, um, you know, and that's obviously drastically different than if you walk into, uh, you know, a Catholic church and you know worship. It's you know you you could hear a pin drop and it's quiet and <laughs> yeah, it, it's 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 bizarre. It's night and day. Yeah, yeah. I uh, before I started preaching more on a regular basis, my wife and I attend a local church uh, that's near us, and, and I love this church. I love the pastor. Um, we, that's really because of him is where I'm at now. Uh, and so I won't, I'll never say anything negative about that church, but, uh, you know, I, I find what, when I'm learning and seeing in the church, um, culture has, you know, his, it's a big church. I mean, there's 3000 plus members that go to this church. That's a big and, church. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. the, the interesting thing is. It's not even the biggest in the area. It's actually a small church compared to others. I mean, we have Willow Creek um, about a half hour north of us, which is like the third biggest church in the United States. Really? Yeah. And uh, actually, it may be more like an hour north, but that's here nor there. Uh, and then there's um, there's a church in Naperville, I think, that's got 10,000 registered members. There's a church down the road that's got five or 6,000 registered members. I mean, so we're like, he's like a small box, you know, in this small duck in this big pond. And, but that's the same thing, you know, uh, there's trap, they got, um, people out in the lot to direct traffic and then they greet you. They're their first greeters. And then you walk in the door and there's people to open the doors for you. And then you've got greeters in the lobby and then there's a front desk that, you know, greets you and hello, somebody hands you the morning um, bulletin and then you go open the doors and they don't do smoke machines, but, you know, lights and, and loud music and there's the worship going on. And so, you know, you, you mentioned the Catholic and how there's such a drastic change. So you you grew up in the Catholic. What's that like? Yeah, I mean, you know, we and, and I'm sure like you know, I don't know how many listeners, um, you know, grew up Catholic, and and they'd probably you'd probably get the same story from from well maybe not, um, you know, at least around Maryland, you know, the the whole Catholic Church, you know, you go in and it's like I said, it's it's super, it's 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 quiet, and um, you know, they have the organ playing playing in the background, or you know. Uh, you know, guitar or whatever, but it's, it's mainly organ. At least that's what I experienced. And, um, you know, again, it, it's really kind of the, the traditional, you know, um, hymns and with choirs. And so, um, it's, it's just so, it, it's so different. And, and I remember when my, when my parents went from leaving Catholicism into this, uh, again, they, the first church we, we attended the non-denominational one was with uh, CJ and you know Josh. Um, it was it was bizarre to me because again you grew up in this again you couldn't you know talk without somebody hearing it in a Catholic church. It's quiet. You know everything's you know, the funny thing is I think it's it's very um, at least what they dress up. It, it, it's respect. It's honoring in the sense of you know it's not loud crazy rock concert so i so in, in that aspect i think there there are some um what am i trying to say here i i think it just it, it's it's a little more it's it's way more tamed down so it to me it's like okay this is this, it's okay thinking thinking about it in retrospect mm-hmm. to the loud like i mean 
you know, the Bethel and the, um, you know, I don't mean to name names here, but, but you know, Bethel. Oh, and, drop, drop them away. <laughs> you know, you know, and, and, you know, like the, you know, the Passion 2020 conferences. And again, those are those are conferences. But again, it's still we're talking about worship. We're talking about contemporary worship here. Right. Yeah. Yep. So it's just like, you know, I almost I'm almost like, wow, I'd, I'd rather, you know, almost go sit in, in, you know, and listen to the worship of, you know, at a Roman Catholic church, just the worship. <laughs> Because I, I feel like it's almost not more honoring to God. I, I don't know. You know, again, it's all it, it all is, is about the condition of your heart ultimately. But um, anyway, that was a long winded thing about the Catholic Church. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's brilliant, because I think what it does for me, it plays into kind of what I've been through. And so um, those who listen know that I've been preaching at a Lutheran church, um, even though I don't wouldn't classify myself as really Lutheran. Um, I am more reformed kind of just as a mutt nowadays. I wouldn't, I'd still say I lean heavy Calvin, but I'm also, you know, I, I like a lot and respect Luther. Um, I also read a lot of, you know, Knox and Sanguini and all these other guys too. But, uh, you know, as, when I go to the Lutheran church and I preach, um, it's a different culture in itself from this church. Now there's only about 75 people that I preach to, and when I go in, uh, everybody knows who I am. Obviously, I don't know who everybody is because I'm terrible with names. But um, <laughs> you go in and you greet everybody. Everybody talks to everybody. Everybody knows everybody. Yeah. Everybody has their own assigned seat. <laughs> they, <laughs> they sit in the same place every same. week. Uh, and then, you know, the, the worship deacon gets up and gives the announcements at the beginning. And then I open the church with uh, a, a word of confession uh, we sing a couple songs with that's done on piano, and, and then it's right. you know they sing in response. Yeah. Uh, I give I give my uh, the they'll do a Old Testament, a New Testament, and a Psalm reading, and then I'll do my sermon, and then we close with usually um, the uh, Lord's Prayer. We'll do the Lord's Supper, and then I'll do the benediction after the last song. It's, it's very and, yeah, it's very similar to uh, you know the Catholic. Right. I mean, yeah. the, you know, you know, the progression, I guess, of, of the service overall. It sounds right. sounds like. Yeah, I think Luther may took a lot of what the Catholics did um, and, and cut out a lot of the unnecessary yeah. prayers and things. Uh, everything we do is obviously uh, scripture focused. Uh, everything we do is focused. Yeah, yeah is focused on uh, magnifying and worshiping God. And so. One of the things I really am kind of astonished with is how unfocused a lot of these big box churches and, – and the interesting thing is you don't have to be a big box church to be now unfocused from God, to be a consumer-based church, right? I mean we see it in these smaller churches now that are trying to adapt bands and put on a performance – to allow more uh, to, to allow the younger crowd to come that's exactly spot on it's it's about the the experience that you get and, and what you, and and what they want to draw in so so that first time you know that first time person coming into the church you know they want to impact them with with what they open up with worship it's like i mean at every church it's you you open up with um 20 minutes of of you know, of a mini rock concert. Yeah. And that's exactly it. And, and some of the bands, you know, like the church, my wife and I 
used to attend uh, has a great band and they would have great singers. And for the most part, they sang pretty good, you know, worship songs. They sang some really good old hymns and some of the newer stuff too. But yeah, one of the things that kind of burned my bridges is every once in a while they throw a a Bethel or a Hill song Mm -hmm. in there. And that I just, I'd sit down. I can't, I cannot sing that stuff. Um, But but that's the the uh, model that a lot of these churches are moving to. And, that's exactly it. Yep. And it's crazy because it's not just attracting um, young people. Like our congreg that congregation, it has age groups from because they do young children's. They do you know uh, uh, a ministry for like infants and that you know a little uh, daycare. And then they do small children's ministry, which start at like kindergarten and first grade, and they go all the way up to high school. And then they've got young adult ministries, and then they've got adult like group ministries, and they've got, I mean, this thing goes all the way to seniors. And I mean, there's plenty of seniors that attend that church. And so, and now it's interesting because you'll see the attitude between some of the younger people and how they worship versus some of the older people and how they do it. And I, correct me if I'm wrong, and I, this might burn a bridge or two, but have you noticed that women, when it comes to like the contemporary service, and I, I don't mean to call any women out on this, but they seem to be more inapt to like the hands up and they're swaying and they're, you know, they're singing along and then their husband or their boyfriend just sitting there like kind of mumbling or not do paint, you know, or just kind of <laughs> standing there. I, yeah. Maybe that's just me, but I've noticed that a lot in that church. Yeah, no, I, I, the church that I go to now, I, it's funny you even mention that. I, I, that's what I, that's what I've, uh, what I've noticed of late. And, and the interesting thing, I think, since coming into this, you know, reform circle within, uh, within, within um, IG and, and meeting so many great people, um, it, it's opened my eyes to a lot of those types of things. Where, you know, I mean, just, uh, it, I, it must have been a few months until, you know, whatever, you know, my IG page and. And again, and at that point, I started listening to you and to, to Crisis the Cure and some other and some other people. And um, I was at church, and you know, and at what you described with your, with the band uh, that the church you attended it was the same kind of deal. You know, they do some really good. It's it's more of a kind of a folk, folky type of uh, uh, worship leader, and um, really good. You know, they're bringing the mandolin and the, the sitar and stuff. And it's really cool. You know, they do some really good songs, but of late, again, to me, it seems like since they've added this, um, you know, this, this youth pastor, they've, they've kind of gone down this road where, I mean, I kid you not, they, they actually, I've heard it three times. They've sung, uh, reckless love. Uh, I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. I, I, and, ugh. and I had to sit down and I, I looked at my wife. I'm like, there's no way there's yeah. absolutely no way I'm taking part of this. And to your point about, um, I think some, some, some of the women in the congregation, I mean, it was over the top, yeah. um, hands in the air, singing the song and, you know, and again, it is, I know we're not getting the lyrics, but it goes to, you know, you know, what are you, what are you singing and what are you praising? You know, what's the lyrical content? Content is king. You know, you know, we know that in IT, right? Mm-hmm. Garbage in, garbage out, right? Yep, you know, yep. into a database. Yep. So it's, you know, it's the same, it's the same thing. So, so, and I have noticed that with the Bethel songs, with the Hill song, um, Hill songs, uh, United, uh, when they play their songs and, um, and the Elevation Worship songs that they, they have at our church, how it's, you know, 
again, it's almost like they're, you know, they're, they're, um, it's a rock concert and, you know, I'm, I shouldn't, and that sounds very judgmental, um, you know, because, um, you know, I don't know the condition of their heart, right. but what I do know is the lyrical content, which we won't get, get into. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and that's the sticking, that's the sticking point for me because it's yeah. like, you know, that's what it's all about. It is. And I, and I, and it's interesting cause man, it's like, Every time I go, and, and like I said, I love this church. I love what that pastor stands for. I he has helped me get to where I am at today. And but I I feel, and it's pro, and it's nothing against him because when I go and listen to a sermon, I get convicted. Man, he preaches with conviction. He preaches fire every single time. And you know, and and again. When you have a congregation that's 3,000 people large, you can't really control every single person's reaction to a song. And, and, and not only that, but I kind of feel like one of the issues that churches like his kind of face is this like cater to all mentality. Uh, I sat on a board at that church a couple of years ago before my daughter was born. And one of the questions came up and I was very, very much opposed against it. Um, it's kind of a double negative opposed against. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I was very much opposed to it. Yeah. (laughs) That, that shows how much I was against it (laughs) that I would stay in. I would say a double negative on a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't, I had to do something with like, uh, an upcoming event. Um, I think it we were discussing like Easter, but it was like in February, so we were just kind of starting to hash out like plans. And so the premise of this board that I was on was we were an in between from the congregation to the elders, and so it was a board of uh, congregant people that come together once a month, and we meet for two hours. And we discuss issues in the church uh, and, and upcoming events and all these other things. And then we would take – and then our pastor and one of the elders who sat in on it would take that to the elder board and you know, they'd start working and flushing those things out. And so the question for one of the meetings came up, came up with was about upcoming Easter or something like that. And they were talking about how do we get more people to come? And, you know, and obviously I'm going to touch base on a few things in a minute that kind of parlay to this, but I don't remember how, what somebody suggested, but they were talking about something that was completely, you know, had nothing to do with church. And it might've been like, I don't know, some Easter egg hunt, or I don't remember what it was, but I was, I remember I, I was so convicted. I'm like, no, I don't think we need to be doing that. I said, we need to stick to what the, um, point of the gospel is and that's the death and resurrection of christ i said you're not going to force people to come into church because you posted host an easter egg hunt in your front yard you're not going to get people to you know come to christ because you threw a had a big bonfire in the back of your church one week right you're going to get people to come to christ by preaching the word and that's what paul tells us in romans 10 and I mean, I was really adamant against it and everybody was just, you know, was against me because they were like, well, you know, we want, we don't want to, we want to include everybody. And I'm like, that's not what the gospel is. Yeah. 
You know, that's yeah. not what we're doing. It's it, yeah, the gospel is not it's not inclusive. I mean, that's right. that's that's the reality of it. And I think that's a hard pill to swallow for a lot of people when they hear something like that. Um, you know, and that goes into again, you know, creating an environment where um, it's it's more about getting people in the door and yeah. appe- and 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 conforming to what um, whether it's the world or what you know or what Bethel and Elevation is doing, having the coffee shop because. You know, oh, we have this environment. It's safe. It's warm. It's cozy, and then, you know, then we're gonna we're, we're gonna pitch the gospel, you know, to you. We're gonna, you know, try yeah. Jesus on kind of a thing. Right. Yeah. Where you know, I just I don't I don't really get. I mean, if you if you look at, you know, if we're talking about uh, you know the gospel and worship, because I mean, I think worship is you know worship is is not just the music. It's 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 the pastor. What's coming out of the pulpit. I mean. In, in, in the time of, of Christ, you know, church was so different. It's these small home churches, mm-hmm. you know, and in now, you know, we were talking about these mega churches that, again, it's more about the, you know, the experience. I mean, who goes to a church where you where you have like over 15 to 20 people parking? I mean, that's what you see, at, again, at rock concerts, you know, yeah. directing yep. traffic. I mean, it's, you know, it's it's to me, it's almost insanity, you know, getting mm-hmm. in there, trying to get a seat. And, and then you have. You know, um, you, you know, we're talking about, you know, you, you go to church to to worship, to praise God, um, and and that and that and that starts with you know the music and and obviously the message, um, but you know you, you're ushered in and and your kids are ripped from your hands sometimes and they're like yeah you, know, you got to put your kid in, in in daycare and um, you know you have these Gestapo's that are you know you can't have a, right you can't you, you can't <laughs> right. you can't you can't have a crying kid in church yep yep because it's going to distract the pastor but but you can have you can have a rock band you know and you can have crowd surfing you know i just saw i just saw um, katie sent me something um and uh what's the name of her handle again i always forget it the the brio the, the brino Men- uh, millennial millennium yeah so shout out to her. She sent me something, and I, I just couldn't believe it, man. It, it, so uh, it was, it was the uh, Passion 2020, right? Oh, I saw that. Did you see that? Oh my gosh. Puke. It, you know, you got a guy crowd surfing, and that, and that, and that, and then you, you segue into these things where you have like Christian mosh pits. I mean, come, come on. It, these are things that are associated with with a different culture. It's a culture, uh, you know. Uh, it's a set of lifestyles. That it has to do with, you know, violence, anger, sex, drugs, rebellion. That's what aggressive music is. I was in yep. it. Mm-hmm. And, and that's just the reality of it. So so I guess I have a hard time, you know, I have a hard time with these quote unquote Christian bands. And I, I know people are probably going to beat me up over this. But, uh-huh. you know, that that life's that that musical style, because now we're talking about styles that are associated with cultures within the world and we're, oh yeah the, the bible clearly states right we're not to look like the world right at all yep yeah do not and, conform to the patterns of the world yep. right so and that's what our so to bring it back around so that is what our worship um within churches which within these conferences you know that's what it looks like yep. you know oh you know what you brought up a good point is conferences as well right so two couple things come to mind so obviously you talked about that uh the what was it called worship 2020 
Yeah, so passion, bunch, yeah. passion 2020. So yeah. I guess 60,000 plus or whatever it was amount of people, uh, late teenager, early college age students, uh, flocked, uh, what is that? The Mercedes building in Atlanta, um, new year's night, and then ushered in the, uh, new millennia or the new decade, new millennia, man, <laughs> I am, I need to go home. <laughs> And I, I don't remember who was all there. I know there was uh, that Christy Kane uh, heretic, and yeah. um, but I guess like uh, is that the, was Robbie was Robbie Robbie, Robbie Zacharias was there, and then I guess um, John Piper was there too. Wow. And and now if if Piper was there, again I, I have mixed feelings about him, yeah. but he was probably the closest they're gonna get to a real sermon off of the list that I heard. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I mean, and that's the thing with the conference, you know, and with the conferences, again, you know, I, I look at these conferences as, as they are worship. You're there mm-hmm. worshiping, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, so, you know, I've seen like um, in a, a lesser bag sharing the platform with these other um, folks. And, and I think that that is a good thing in the sense that if you got if you got a lesser bag up against, say, uh, I don't know what a Stephen Furtick. You know, at least, you know, Beg is going to be teaching truth, um, I I would hope. And I would think without a doubt Mm -hmm. um, that it'll reach these these people that are being inundated with this watered down approach. Now, it it might turn off half of them. Mm -hmm. You know, it might be kind of like that Matt Chandler, Stephen Furtick, you know, clip we see. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's that is that's sorely needed because um Otherwise, who 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 is uh, you know who's waving that flag of truth and, and and what scriptures is is about? It's about God and it's about what He says, what He wants. It's you know it's not about our worship experience and what we you know what we expect to get out of worship. It you know mm. we're coming there to worship the living God. Exactly, and it's funny because um, I, I do want to mention that the movie Spirit and Truth before I get into my next topic, but. Uh, you know, you, you talk about worshiping God and how it is the the coming to worship God. It's not about anything that has to deal with us. Um, the guy, I uh, can never think of his last name, but his first name is Les. Uh, he did the Calvinist movie. Um, he just released Spirit and Truth. It's a movie. It's about two hours long, completely dedicated to nothing but how churches should be worshiping mm. in a God-honoring sense. So go and watch it. You can stream it online. Um, I have a DVD copy I'm thinking about giving away. I don't know if I'm going to, though. I might just give it to somebody. I don't know. (laughs) But either way, go and get it um, to all the listeners because you will will look at this and you will think, man, uh, our church is completely doing it wrong. And um, and it and it leads me into this next thought. So. Uh, I've only ever been to one Bible conference, and I went to the Doc and Devo conference um, this past year up in, uh, boy, Elgin, I think is where they had it. Um, And they've done now one out in the West Coast at the end of 2019, and then they're coming in March to Texas. And uh, But last year... They did one on uh, worship, like rightful worship, and I'll tell you the the coming together when there's about six or seven hundred of us in a room, and you had a, a you had a band, 
but they played traditional hymns and mm. we sang to the glory of God and it was so powerful. Like uh, I, I, I can't ex- describe, I can't describe it because words won't do it justice at how beautiful that service was. Yeah. And, and I've been to many a church services. I've heard many a people sing and I've heard plenty of, you know, worship bands perform Nothing topped has, has topped that yet. Now I'm going to Ligonier in March this year, which I hear has some pretty good stuff too. So, uh, but I'll tell you, man, 600 people in the room and they're all praising God. I mean, these are reformed ladies and gentlemen. These guys are committed to Christ and they come to worship Christ. They didn't come to have their ears tickled. They didn't come to feel better about themselves. Many of these people, you know, experience life and the ebbs and flows just like everybody else does. And we come with our baggage and we get to Mm. worship at the feet of God. And it's breathtaking to have an experience like that. And, and I'm not just using this in like, this is the only means, but I mean, when you go into a church service and you worship, whether it's with a band or a piano or an acapella group, whatever it is, the premise should be to honor God at all times and never be a catering to the audience. Yeah. Amen to that, man. That's, I, I look forward to, I'm um, going to the G3. So that'll be my first experience at a, at, at a conference. So, mm-hmm. and it's, and it's on worship. So I hope to, yeah. I hope to get a lot out of that, but you know, I think, uh, I mean, you nailed it with with that, uh, you know, coming before the Lord and and just humbling yourself during worship. And, you know, I I think, you know, it's because it's it's not about it's not about the instrument, the instrumentation, um, Mm -hmm. you know, at at all. It's because, I mean, if you think about it, I mean, God made all stringed instruments he created through through man, through the mind of man, you know, these beautiful instruments and Mm -hmm. And that includes drums and it includes, you know, you know, everything we see before us. And, you know, ultimately it's always, you know, man who corrupts. And, and mm-hmm. um, you know, if, you know, with worship, I think at the core, the core issue is discipleship. Who's discipling these worship leaders that are picking the songs and, and, and creating an environment, you know, and not weighing it against scripture? I mean, right. You know, I'm just I'm just coming in from the other angle. I'm coming out of out of secular music, out of all of the huge, you know, you, you know, the music, the light shows, everything, you know, playing, you know, for just these large audience for all for self. And so when you're sitting in a church and and, I, and I'll use our Christmas Eve, you know, uh, service as an example, um, you know, you know, I expected, you know, to kind of open up worship and. Um, you know, just a very kind of a, a way that would just you come before the Lord and just um, it, just with just in a humble way. And but right. you know, they they kicked in with just you know they rocked out every traditional Christmas hymn, and I'm like, whoa! Like, I mean, it they like woke you up, and I'm looking around <laughs> and and the the, rea- the interesting thing is the reaction of, of a lot of people were like, what what are they doing? Like, yeah. it, you know, and I think they. I really, and I think a lot of churches do this. They they use it as an opportunity to kind of, you know, because there's so many people that, you know, what are they, the twice a year um, churchgoers or whatever Easter? Yep, and, yep, and, Christmas. Yeah, yeah. So you uh, 
they use it to kind of kind of want to you know wow them and 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 and, uh, and and put on a big a big again a big rock show and it's it to me it it, it seemed like it did the opposite mm-hmm. um i think that i think a lot of people were like whoa this is a little like over the top and it, it and it looked like they were you know up there you know uh for themselves opposed to the Lord. And, and, and I know that sounds judgmental in, in a lot of ways, but again, I, I think that, um, you know, looking at scripture and, and, and how we come before the Lord, you know, it's laid out there. And I just, I, I didn't see that at least, you know, at, at our service, I was a little disappointed. Yeah, I think I, I totally get that. And I completely had the opposite experience because I preached on Christmas Eve and, when uh, we opened our Christmas Eve service, we had a 20-minute um, choir mm. go through five traditional songs. And in between each song, they provided scripture and a story uh, around the birth of Christ and you know the Jewish culture and things like that. And I'm like sitting – I'm like not trying to cry because it was really just heart-pulling beautiful. And, but I've been to those Christmas services that you've experienced. You, know, you walk in and you expect the solemn, beautiful, yeah. you know, soft spoken Christmas. And then it's like just in your face, you know, metal or just heavy, you know, right. percussion with the deep bass. And you're like, oh, I wasn't really expecting this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now my heart exploded. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you brought up a couple points in that. And, and so I, uh, I, I did want to bring some structure to this uh, to this podcast, and as we're 40 minutes into it now, <laughs> so uh, sorry I, I took you down a lot of rabbit holes. I, I'm not I'm not I'm not a pro like you guys. And, no, like, we're not pros like, either. Dang, script. Uh, just for those who listen and don't know, uh, I, neither Anthony or I prepared for this episode. I told him ahead of time what I kind of wanted to talk about, <laughs> and then when I called him. And we started talking. He's like, so what have you been doing? I'm like, nothing. This is the first time I started researching. <laughs> so <laughs> so my research, hey, you know, but I, I work in IT, so I'm the I'm good at the Googles. Um, yes. But I came across some really interesting articles here that kind of play out to what we're talking about. And, and, and what we talked early is the consumer-based focus, right? The consumer focus that churches have put on to allow you to – uh, to entice people to come in, right? Because that's what it is now. It's a big business. They want, they have to fill the seats, and and it's weird because as I'm transitioning into the role of a pastor, that's uh, a plague that is always in my mind. Is like, okay, how do I reach the lost, and how do I get? And it's not about getting more people to my congregation because you know. Well, that's nice and all, but that's not the point of the gospel. The gospel is to go out and to make disciples. And so I think that the church in itself has made some giant errors in terms of like how we position ourselves to reach people. And they try to reach people inside the building versus outside. And uh, so here's some – here's uh, it's, it's actually eight steps. So I'm going to go through all eight really quick and then kind of pick apart what you think um, – this is just a uh, – uh, what is it called here? It's a ownership, flow, genuine worship. Like this is the process of uh, a modern song selection, but I think they kind of use these points to um, kind of uh, depict how they're going to do their entire worship set. So the first thing is to know your audience. Uh, the second is to develop a set list that your congregation seems to have ownership of. 
stay aware of musical trends. Obviously, that's staying what's current in the culture. Uh, don't wear out owned songs. Don't underdo the new. So if you own music, some some big churches like Hillsong owns their music, so they recommend not to overplay those. Uh, focus on your music. Uh, let's see. It's all about the flow. The space between music is also worship and let it be genuine. So they, <laughs> yeah, right. Of all genuine. that, let it be genuine. Well, what's genuine? Is it God honoring? Right. Uh, here, here's their notes under it. It says song selection in its own form of worship for us worship leaders. As you plan, search for moments in your set that make you feel the sacredness of what you're doing. It's only when you, you feel- you're Right. It's only when you yourself truly feel the holiness of worship that you can lead others into feeling holiness. Now, mind you, we have not mentioned Christ or God yet. Will it go always go according to plan? Hardly. And thank God it doesn't. Okay. well, there's the first God reference, but it's not (laughs) in regards (laughs) to let it be genuine. Right. For it's not the spontaneous of the Holy Spirit that own that your own plans are turned into something far more beautiful that we can envy, envision ourselves, worship genuinely in our song selection as you lead others to worship. Literally nothing about God honoring in any of it. And now I don't know this author. Uh, he's a looks like he's a worship leader. Um, wow. That's really out there? That's not like... No, man, this is out here. It's on... Uh, it's on uh, discipleship.org. That's discipleship. Oh, I'm wow. sorry. It's United Methodist. That's why it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> sorry to any Methodist people out there, but hey, man, your stuff's published. It's, it's this is garbage. So. Wow. Um, but again, you know, the Methodists have had their, their fair share of issues this year, uh, but I'm not going to hound on them. But either way, I mean, this is out here, and, it's, and it, this is terrible. You know, like here's uh, the, it's all about the flow, high energy number to get the congregation engaged. Why are you get, engaged in what a, a more mild tempo, uh, tempo selection to allow the momentum to breathe and a slow, a slow ballad with a strong, distinct message. This, that, this, 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 I'm sorry. This sounds like, oh my gosh, it sounds like something like management would have told us. You know, like out on our first tour, and and I kid you not, like, you know, we got a script of like, you know, you got to shake hands, kiss babies, you got to do X and Y. Like, this is unbelievable. This is this is actually coming from a worship leader that, yeah. you know, it's so contrived and 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 but you got to make it genuine. You got to make it like you got to come off genuine. I mean, it just wow, that's crazy. Yeah. And that's the issue because, you know, people have created this, you know, you must make this uh, about you. You must make this about the experience and your feelings. And, you know, it's interesting because I don't see in any of these notes anything about selecting songs that honor God. And that's kind of the reality that you see in most worship you know leaders and and groups these days is it's about the you know the band it's about you know becoming famous or whatever it is um it has nothing to do with uh honoring god at any level 
Well, and, and I think it, what it what it's selling is it's again a personal. It's the whole personal encounter with God. It's yeah. you know, um, you know, it's it, so if it's real to me, then it's real. Um, you know, my my feelings, my encounters, my experiences. You know, um, that's that's the focus of of um, of worship. But if but if you look at like Psalms 150. Uh, you know, what is it? It says praise the Lord. Everything is praise him with, you know, mighty deeds, trumpet sound, tambourine and dance. It's all about praising him, letting mm-hmm. letting everything that has breath praise the Lord, praise the Lord. It's all about giving him praise. And that's so opposite to what we have, what we have in so many, um, so many churches where um, people go there for. Uh, you know, to to feel good, to get like, I mean, because I don't know how many people I've talked to like, oh, yeah, this church has great worship. You know, I just I just walk out of there feeling so good. And but you move to ask them about the message and they they, they wouldn't be able to tell you what the message was even about. Exactly. And that's that's like the biggest thing is that more people are focused on that. The high they get from music, because I'll tell you, um, before I got I'd, I'd say this before I was really saved and before I really committed myself to Christ, I used to love heavy metal. Uh, I was a big corn fan and a big disturbed fan. And for all those people who are familiar with that, uh, I went to corn concerts. I've seen them numerous times. Um, and I'll tell you, those are, those are some rough crowds of people. Dude, they yeah. are. Yeah. Yeah. We, we did a show. Uh, we did a show with corn. Um, so it's the, yeah, they are, they are a rough crowd. Yeah. Got it out, man. Um, the mosh pits, the, the, you know, the fights and the people that are in the crowds, man, they're, they're tough people. And, but you get a high from being there, right? It's not, you're not like, obviously people are smoking weed in the, in the crowds, yeah. but you know, I'm not talking that I'm saying, but like, you get this like feeling of like, just pumped, right? Your adrenaline's pumping, the blood's moving, the heart's beating, and you, you, you want to go and you get in your car on the way home, you crank some more music and you're just jamming out as you drive. And that's what these concerts have, these church services have become to now. It's just a, a, a concert, a weekly concert. Yeah, it's a, it's about ev- evoking these, you know, feelings and emotions. And that's what you get. Like you, you hit it, you nailed it, man. Um, at these rock concerts, at these, you know, especially the, you know, the big, the big festivals, um, you know, and, and when you're on stage you feed off of that energy and it's real and 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 i can say it now it's a it really is a satanic energy Mm -hmm. i mean um and so you gotta you gotta wonder when you're you know i've seen clips and again i'm trying not to be judgmental so forgive me anybody if if you feel i'm being judgmental but i'm I'm just don't worry we're judging them (laughs) (laughs) right i i you know and i i guess because i don't know their hearts but i'll I'll just say this Uh, you know i I can equate it to when i was on stage at at, you know at, at a festival you know and we're playing we're playing in front of all these huge bands like you mentioned corn or anybody else stone temple pods all of these types of bands and there are thousands upon thousands of people and you're seeing what your music what you're putting out there is is doing it's evoking these feelings and emotions where they're moshing they're doing just all this kind of crazy stuff It, it then bounces right back that energy back on you and it 
it fuels you on stage yep. and, and you get into the zone and you become a completely different person. And that's real. That is absolutely real. It's not, you know, it's not, it's not something with your mind. It, it, it is to me, it's, 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 it's very much a satanic force um, that that's fueled at these kinds of concerts. So, so when you go to it, when you, when you look at the Bethel or the Hillsong and you see something that is paralleling, paralleling that, I'm like, whoa, what is going on here? Like this is, you know, you could, you could just move, you know, one of these Hillsong concerts or um, Bethel and plop it in, you know, a huge, uh, you know, event where you have, you know, all these different bands playing and you wouldn't know who's what from where. Right, right. You know, and the other thing too, so, you know, you're really familiar with like the, um, the whole premise to the concert scene and the traveling and all that. And now these bands, these like the big ones will travel and do actual concerts and they call them worship, you know, events or whatever you want to call them, but they're trash anyway. So, uh, what you see and, and here's the interesting thing, cause you, I think you nailed it with it being satanic and is watch the stage construction. Watch how these uh, big bands, these you know these you know the the ones that travel, we'll say the Hillsong Evolution or Evolution Church, whatever you want to call them, um, Hillsong United. Uh, what else is out there? Um, Bethel. They're all kind of the same parent church, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm sure there's more out there, but. If you notice like the lighting sequences and like the displays, I mean, there's all the conspiracy theorists out there. I, I love jumping on those bandwagons because they're hilarious. But what what if there's some truth to that, right? What if there's some truth to like the satanic or the, you know, that type of imagery that they use, you know, where they're flashing the stuff across the screen, um, you know, like the upside down temples and all that kind of weird stuff. Like none of that has any place in Christianity. No, it's I mean, the re- the repetitive chanting that you get out of, you know, the Bethels and, and and things. I mean, again, you again, that's that's the whole thing with, you know, with music. And when we're writing music, you know, you know, when I was in, in a secular band was to drive a point home, you say it a 100 times mm-hmm. and, and, and you put in, you know, a B section that just breaks down and gets into this nasty groove kind of a thing. And, you know, and, and it's all to evoke a, an emotion, a reaction from from the audience and, and, and sitting in there with. Um, you know, a producer like we worked with a producer um, who um, he actually he actually won a Grammy with um, Third Day. Um, and but he's also worked with um, Skillet and um, some other and the whole whole array of, of, of um, secular bands. But again, he, he's a producer that, you know, he's looking at it from the angle. How, you know, I want to sell records because I, I got a piece of this so he can make money and. You know, and and he's got this template of 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 how to kind of put this song together. So you know, it, it's just all very. And I'm not going to say not not all of it is because you have like Getty Music and they're wonderful. I mean, there's so many great Christian artists. So oh yeah, uh, but yeah. but we, like to the your point of looking at the big rock concerts that are quote Christian mm-hmm. that are emulating exactly what you get because they're using the same type of, you know, lighting companies or what have you. They're putting together the same shows. They, they hire the same types of people, you know, that are, you know, working, you know, in, in the Christian area than they're working, they're working in the secular area. It's just, it's the same deal with songwriters. I mean, yeah. 
you know, it's it's you end up working with a guy who's written lyrics for a Christian artist, but he's writing for a secular because it's it's about making money. Right. Yep. Yeah. And that's the other thing that a lot of people don't get, too, is that most of these bands, A, don't write their music. They go to a music writer, producer has somebody write lyrics for them. And that person who's writing the lyrics may not write strictly for Christian groups only. They may be, you know, a freelancer or they may work for a big production company that does multiple, uh, you know, types of music you know it could be rap it could be rock it could be country i mean you name it and yeah. it's it's interesting too because um you know if you want to start tracing some of the christian you know production companies they're probably umbrellaed in some of the bigger production companies they're like a division you know and yeah so yeah the, yeah the record labels they have a christian they have christian divisions mm-hmm. absolutely the, the larger ones um like you know i remember i think you know, people like Amy Grant, right? They fall mm-hmm. under what was A and M Records, but right. they had a they had a Christian division. Again, it's 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 the, the record labels are looking at it like, okay, well, yeah, I'm going to set up a Christian division because I can make money. And mm-hmm. and the reality of it is 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 when you get a Christian base, they don't go anywhere. You yeah, know, it's not like it's it's not like a you know. Uh, a fad like skillet, you know, or, you know, this heavy metal or, or, or what have you that it, it goes through fads or like rap rock or whatever, you know, you know, rage against the machine was huge at one point. And then, mm-hmm. you know, it just kind of, they die off. It's, but you know, because it's under this umbrella of quote Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's always there. So they, it's like, they're making a constant money machine. Oh my, oh my gosh. Like constant. So can I, I'll just throw out some numbers. So yeah, so Bethel's nonprofit, right? Mm-hmm. So they in so in sales, service, and royalties, they've made for 2017-18, they've made $23 million. Oh 20, my $23 million. And tithes and author, offerings, they made $21.6 million. So that oh, doesn't wow. that doesn't include even the royalties and speaking engagement that all of these guys and girls, like you know, Jen Johnson, you know, what they're getting, because that's their own personal um, you know, uh, money that they get, you know, and they probably falls under a nonprofit. And then Bethel also, you know, the revenue for, for, uh, for their schools is like 13.7 million. (laughs) So it's, it it is a massive machine. Mm -hmm. And my, I guess the pro to me, the problem is you have all of the churches, all the small churches. They're paying money to play those songs. You have to, you know, there's yeah, you have to pay royalty fees. You for have it. to pay royalty fees, exactly. Mm-hmm. So what they're doing is they're, you know, I, I know Nick has covered this. I, I shouldn't even go into this, but because <laughs> um, he's the master, and you yes. know, I know this conversation happened. But uh, you know, but again, we're paying money. Or, you know, a church you attend is paying money to a Bethel to keep that machine. And and I've said this, you know, I've had conversations with with different folks about it. Uh, Satan's Satan has his foot in the door, mm-hmm. and because he, he, he's in in Christianity in the churches, he does absolutely because he doesn't care about the non-believers because he's he's got them where he wants them. Exactly. Yeah, he's going to take the church down from the inside. Exactly. And he's doing. Uh, He's doing it very well, and uh, it's crazy how I mean, mm-hmm. it's it really is, you know, it, it, it's it, you know when I saw that Passion 2020 clip today, 
it totally it, it totally just bummed me out i was like are you are you kidding me and i think what hit me the most was the the quote that that they have um robbie um saying and and i don't know if it's out of context or not but i, I just thought it was interesting that i got this from katie or you know right before coming on here and and I actually jotted down the quote and, you know, the way, you know, again, this is these are all money making machines. So they're going to mm-hmm. they're going to they're going to edit these things together for their agenda. You know, all inclusiveness that you're yep. important, yep. you're beautiful. It's all about you, you, you. So the quote they use from Ravi is um, something like uh, you are valuable to God. Don't ever minimize your individuality. You are unique. Mm. Edit. Go yeah. to go to a guy crowd surfing. Yep. And I'm like, what message is that sending? Especially because, you know, I mean, Ravi's, you know, Ravi gets into a lot of like really kind of in-depth apologetics and some some really interesting stuff. And, you know, I know I've, I think I've asked you questions about Ravi. I've asked um, Nick and, you know, because he's he's a guy that uh, I, I, li- I used to listen to a lot. And, mm-hmm. I you know, and he's brilliant. He is a brilliant guy. Yep. And, you know, it, it seems as though his heart is for the Lord, but when you're on that platform and you're allowing them to spice together, you know, and edit something in to this overall um, spot that is selling a different story to get people in because it looks like a huge rock concert event. Yeah. And, um, you know, you brought that topic up. I kind of want to read something really quick to you because I feel like, you know, you said it, how it's all about you, you, and you. And it kind of made me think of something that Jesus had once said. Let, let's let's take a trip down scripture lane here, shall we? We need some, yeah. Matthew chapter 5, the Beatitudes, in verse 3, Jesus says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are those who are meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Turn the right page here. Blessed are the poor in heart, pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Did Jesus mm. tell you that you were unique and special and, and a wonderful little fluffy puppy bunny there? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah. Pretty sure he pretty sure he said that you're going to get your face kicked into the dirt because you worship me. Now, you go be blessed. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, that's uh, it, it, you know, and that's and that's what's coming out of the pulpit, and that's how they're using you know worship mm-hmm. to bring you in, mm-hmm. uh, or or to you know to bring people in, right? And these people that are are like, I, I don't want to say they're like on the fence for Christ or, or or whatever, but again, these are these are maybe not not believers coming right. to church, right? Coming you know to their two services and. It, it's a chance to share the gospel, and yeah. it's it's not just sharing the gospel; it's sharing you know everything about worship. And and again, we have to go to scripture to understand 
what true worship looks like, what it sounds like, what you know, what should be coming out of the pulpit. And again, I, I think I said on on your last show, um, you know, and I actually went back and to, to validate. There's there's actually a clip of of Jeff Durbin at a uh, he was preaching at, at some uh, at a, I think a Baptist church or, or something, and and he and he said. He was like, Paul never, ever preached in a way that was like, try Jesus, give him a try, (laughs) see how it feels, Feels. right, right, and and that really hit me, man, and, and, you know, the whole no neutrality, you know, Mm -hmm. that, you know, that's one of his, uh, to me, it's one of his cornerstones of the message, you know, no neutrality with, with, with the scripture and with Christ, and and that is so important, and it's important in in worship, and how we worship. And what's coming out of the pulpit. Yep. And you, by saying that, lead me to uh, another piece of scripture here in chapter Acts chapter 2. So uh, for those listening, go and read P- uh, Peter's sermon on the at Pentecost. It starts in verse 14, but I'm going to only focus on a couple verses here. Uh, I'm going to read starting at uh, 34b. And Peter says, the Lord said to... My Lord, sit at my right hand until I make enemies your footstool. Let all the house of Israel therefore know for the certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Now, it's the end of the sermon. Now, now mind you, it's the end of the sermon. It goes from 14 to 36. So go read that sermon. It's a beautiful sermon. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. And said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, for the promises for you and your children, and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord your God calls to himself. It's not, go try Jesus. It's not, give it a whirl. It's repent. Be baptized. It's simple as that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's great. I mean, you know, the thankfulness, uh, what is it, uh, Colossians 3.16, uh, the mm-hmm. thankfulness in your hearts to God, right? Singing psalms, mm-hmm. hymns, spiritual songs. I got it backwards. I'm sorry. Um, but, you know, again, it, it, it's it's all the condition of the heart to God. And But worship has become about not about God. It's about how you feel that you are unique and you are good, you know. And I, we'll save it for the uh, for the Lauren Daigle stuff, right? You know, oh, right? <laughs> um, I mean, like, you know, all of that kind of that fluff that we're getting, you know, and it's become crossover, right? I mean, you know, it's we things are so turned, you know, upside down on, mm-hmm. on its head that. Um, it's it's almost becoming frightening. It's it's almost this type of thing where it's like, well, you know, you know, maybe going back to the home churches is kind of where we're headed. Um, yeah. I don't I don't know. I I think that's uh, a pretty good uh, forecast. I've I've kind of leaned on that a little bit. I've actually got um, some heavy feedback from Reformed people that uh, my vision was to move to a smaller noted congregation like you know of a hundred people because then you know people you know the needs and you you don't see now spurgeon is a a man in his own dimension in terms of of preaching the man preached to thousands every every week and Mm -hmm. he was brilliant but um 
you know, Calvin and Luther and Knox and all the other reformers and, you know, you move to the Puritans, they preached to regular sized congregations. It wasn't in the thousands. Uh, I don't think Calvin had, you know, I, maybe a couple hundred. I, if anybody actually knows the Calvin amount of people that attended his church, DM me. I'm quite interested because off the top of my head, and I'm not going to Google it right now, but I, I wouldn't for, I wouldn't see them preaching to thousands upon thousands of people because of how often they preached. And these guys would do five or six sermons a week. So that's crazy. Yeah, absolutely insane. Yeah. And you know, and, and it's, and, and it's about the, um, the message, the message of truth from scripture is what they taught. Because I, I think that, you know, you have, I, I, so I'm assuming here, like, like a MacArthur or these other guys, you know, when they go out and do preaching, you know, they're preaching in front of a lot of people. Again, you know, it, it's all about weighing scripture in light of scripture and what's being preached. So I think it's great, you know, if, you know, if, if Joel Olstein was, was preaching truth from scripture, not mm-hmm. preaching self, then, you know, God bless him that he's got that large congregation because it's mm-hmm. not, it's not about, you know, in the same is for, you know, for whether it's elevation or Bethel, it, it's about the message. What is, you know, what, what are they, what are they selling? Are they selling yep. snake oil? Or are they preaching truth and in, in, in from Scripture, and that's that's the problem with with whether it's a you know it's the the Joel Olstein Church I don't I forgot the name of it is it Lakeside or something or yeah I don't um, I don't I don't, remember. I don't remember but yeah you know <laughs> shows how important it is <laughs> right or or you know you know Bethel because I I think all like all the all the reformers you know it's because it's not even about them. It's about the message. They left the Catholic Church, the mm-hmm. Roman Catholic Church, because of, of – it was a big business, the organization, what they wanted. I mean now I'm not – I don't know a lot about church history, so you got to correct me, but that's how I understood it. Why did they leave? You know, They, yeah. they were falling away from scripture I guess is my point. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm learning I'm learning church history, so forgive me everybody. But yeah, you know, it's – it's that type of thing. It's it's about the message they they preached, and yep. it it aligns to to God's word, and that's Perfect. the most important thing. Content yep. is king, always. And so obviously, this is an episode that we can banter on for hours. Oh my gosh, yeah, sorry. No, it, you're good. You're good. <laughs> uh, we we actually only targeted for 45 minutes, so I'm shocked that we're over an hour. So you guys are hopefully enjoying the banter on it. But uh, before we wrap this, I wanted to go through something that I came across and I thought this was quite interesting in terms of uh, the experience that a person gets when they walk into a church. So here is, uh, I'm going to go through all of the points. Uh, It's not many, but I'm going to go through all the points. Um, This is what a person would see coming into this particular church. Uh, so at 9.30 a.m., this is a 10 o'clock start, at 9.30 a.m., for 30 minutes, they have a what's called pre-service event. They have walk-in slides on their big screens, music, and, and then they do a countdown. At 10 o'clock sharp, and for listen to this, 4 minutes and 22 seconds, they've got this timed, 4 minutes and 22 seconds, they play their first song. Mm. And... It's called they for this particular set. It's Unstoppable God. Uh, I've never heard that song. I don't think at four at ten oh four and twenty two for ten seconds they do a welcome and introduction by the worship leader. You know, so he's like, "Oh, hey guys, thanks for coming out. We're all high and drunk. Let's do this." <laughs> and at, now at ten oh four thirty two and for four minutes they do another song. 
Um, which, by the way, it's this is Amazing Grace, uh, which is a modern take on Amazing Grace. Yeah. At ten oh eight thirty two, so four minutes later, for three minutes they do a welcome. They do their announcements and connect cards. This is the camp- campus pastor that does it. Uh, they have <laughs> this is what they have in the in this list. Bumper music in a I don't know what else if they were trying to finish the thought there. Um, but they do like welcome to this church. Thirty seconds of mingle time. Greet people around you. Shake hands. Yeah. Shake hands. Yeah. Yep. The announcements at ten eleven thirty two. Mind you, we're still in the thirty second clock here. They do ties and offerings now. That's impressive if this is a big church that they could do this in 30 seconds. Unless they do this, you know, for a period of time and then they, all this other stuff is filler. But so they do tithes and offerings at uh, 10.12.02 for two minutes and 30 seconds. They do another video. Uh, this one is on an orphanage, apparently, that they sponsor. Uh, at 10.14.32, they do for four minutes and 30 seconds, Jesus, we love you. At 10:19:02 for 30 seconds. Uh, it looks like uh, it just says pr- oh prayer uh, by the worship leader. 10:19:32. Uh, so 30 seconds later, uh, the message screen comes on with a video. At 10:20:32 for four minutes, they get a short message. Oh, I'm sorry, for 40 minutes. They have the message from their teaching pastor. 40 minutes, okay? At 11 o'clock for three minutes, they have video uh, that has a a story or something, a song. At 10.03.32, for two and a half minutes, they've got a traditional, oh, listen to this song. This is the best thing I've ever heard. I have decided to follow Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Arminian. Uh, Oh, boy. Tell me more how Ephesians 2 kicks you in the face. Uh, at 11.06 and 0.2 for 45 seconds, they have spiritual direction. At 10.06.47 for five minutes, no longer slaves. Well, you're still a slave to Christ because Paul says he is, so I don't know what you're talking about. At 11.11.47 for 30 seconds, they have the send-off. And then they have post-service environment for 30 minutes starting at 11.12.17 seconds. Wow. You, you just, uh, wow. You just described like my church service. Every big box church. This is wow. their layout. They just change the, the, the minute times yeah. and, and the songs. And the, the songs. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's it. Wow. Yeah. You know, and and here it is. The title is typical worship service flow. Tip, there you go. Typical. The typical. <laughs> typical. Yep. Right. I, I love that. And, you know, this is what you get when you go to a big box. I mean, you get these segregated, you know, music things. And, I, you know, look, I'm not saying that this is wrong. I'm not saying that it's right. Um, but, you know, if you've kind of looked at the series that I've put together and you listen to them kind of in order, I hope to have unpacked some of what the early church did in the worship set and how they were really focused on, you know, their their reading of the word and their their singing of the word and their praising of the word, and how it was very much focused on the word of God. Now, in this 40-minute little message, um, you know, clip here, there could be they could be given a really good service. However, by the songs that surround it, I'm not so certain about that. Yeah, I mean, you know, and, and 
and that, and that goes to who's who's preaching. I I think because because what you described also is um, I think um, I mean there are some solid preachers. I won't name any names that I, I've seen actually. I've seen in the reform circle people post him. Um, it's a church around me that I, you know I've attended as well. That but you outline a whole service um, to to the nines um, of, of what what a typical worship service looks like there. Um, but granted, you get you you do get you do get the meat um, from scripture in in, in um, that in this particular pastor's message. But on the other hand, can you imagine um, how many churches that model themselves after um, Nar? Um, Elevation, Hillsong, Bethel, all the offshoots of all of those churches, you're not getting solid biblical um, preaching and teaching and discipleship. You know, again, discipleship, that's where the church is failing is in mm-hmm. discipling men and women. Yep. Uh, and um, it's it's this type of thing where like, what, you know, what do you what do you do? It's, exactly. it's like a, it's a big business now. Mm hmm. It's a big business. It is a big business. And it's all about money, right? It's about how, how to make the buck. And, uh, you know, when you get four or 500 people into a church service, like think about it like this, right? If you have 500 people in a church, uh, and, and this, and this is a small church compared to some of these big boxes, right? Uh, let's say each person gives 10 bucks, right? Mm-hmm. 500 people mm-hmm. give 10 bucks. That's $5,000 in a given Sunday. Times that by four Sundays. That's twenty grand a month your church is taking in by twelve months. You just took in two hundred forty thousand dollars with five hundred people giving ten dollars a week. That's now only ten dollars, right? That's only ten dollars. Now a lot of people in these big boxes, they're gonna tithe. They're going to encourage tithing. They're going to encourage that you give ten percent. And so that you know quarter of a million dollars that your church is taking in probably gonna be closer to half a million or more with five hundred people. And it it is it has solely become all about the money because these pastors want the comfortable lifestyle and and I think it's Steve Lawson said the issue with pastors today is that nobody wants to kill them. <laughs> wow. I mean think about that. Go go to any time period in the history outside of modern age <laughs> yeah. and look at the persecution that the pastors have faced. And then come yeah. to modern American pastors. Yeah, well, put those American modern American pastors over in Iraq, Iran, mm-hmm. you know, um, and uh, you know the, these people that are, you know, like Paul Washer and his ministry, you know, I mean, they're out there, and you know, and again, you know, I, I look at myself and and I see how much I need, you know, like where do I fit in? What do I need to be doing? Um, and and I think that's, you know, it, it's important because. Uh, I don't want to sit there and I'm pointing the finger. Um, and, but the thing is, I, I think what we're, what we're, what we're pointing out here is, you know, things, things that are from scripture, how, you know, how the church is supposed to run, how it's supposed to be set up. And, you know, it's, it, they interpret it the way they want to interpret scripture. Oh, yeah. And, and, and so they go off and and, and and here you have these, you know, these big offshoots, you know, and um, of of different denominations from, you know, different types of churches that are now planting in, you know, out of the out of the states in in places like the Philippines and things. So what they're getting is a gospel from, say, Bethel or from Hillsong or, you know, 
and and that kind of doctrine so it, it to me it's poison yep and that's that's the problem yep yep and that's i mean it it really is and again i mean we can we can sit and scrutinize the worship setup for many churches and you know we can we can i know you and i have have long discussions about it and chat and you know i've talked about on various podcasts and uh, i mean it's just it's it's saddening that this is the current state of the church and so one of the things i alluded early on was some of the series is that i wanted to continue doing after this little one done is i want to continue talking about the current state of the church and kind of you know, I, I know like I, I'm not going to be like a news type thing, but I want to talk about some of these big issues, some of these glaring problems that we see. And uh, I, I hope you join me on an episode or two with those because I, love to. Uh, I think this has been extremely beneficial to people. And, you know, even though uh, I think we had a few rabbit holes that we went down. I, yeah, I, sorry, sorry about that. I think, again, you know, I told you at the beginning, this is completely God led. And I I. I I've done some a lot of I've done a lot of preparation on some of the early episodes with this because they required so much resources to pull to understand like how this you know all the the little elements that I tried to weave together. This one was not necessarily so much outside of just looking like I felt this template was perfect and it fit perfectly, you know, how everything's done down literally to the second and uh you know, so I didn't have to put together a ton of notes for this one, but it, it really could feel, you know, just being led by the Holy Spirit to just deliver this content and hopefully edify the listeners. And I pray that these people start to see this happening, these this big change happening in their churches to leave this mindset of, of tickling of the ears and go back to traditional worship. Now, you know, you said it and I said it, it it's not about what – uh, the the band is doing it's not about like the musical instruments that they're using to perform with it's what's the lyrics behind it which we're going to talk about next time yeah yeah and and i would say i'll say my, at least my closing I'll, I'll let you handle it from here but uh, you know worship is designed to please god that, that's the bottom line it's mm-hmm. it's it's about god to please god for god giving him glory praising the lord psalms one you know 151 it's that's what that should be our heart condition all glory all honor all worship to god it's not about me getting you know i'm going to worship to get something it's about what am my heart to god what am i giving back to god glorifying god it's the bottom line yep that's exactly perfect and i do want to admit i have to say this because i feel like this is probably the funniest thing anybody's going to hear all day so uh, completely off the topic um, to this. And, and and by the way, you are a patron, are you not? Who, me? Yeah. Yes. So yes. Uh, this is one of the reasons what we do with some of the people who are our patrons. Uh, we get them onto our show. We've had uh, various other people come and join us, and we are absolutely blessed to have you help this ministry along. Um, we have uh, so many wonderful people that help support us, and – as we talked about on Tuesday's episode, we don't take any income in terms of from what you guys, we take all the money to put back into what you guys do. So we had a secret word at the end of Tuesday's episode. So if you listen to Tuesday's episode and DM the undying light page, 
and get that word and then type it out to us, you'll get a bonus entry. We're going to give away um, uh, an ESV study Bible, and uh, that'll be the January, probably slash February by the time I actually get it. So it'll be January, February giveaway. Um, but all of the money that you, you guys help give go back into meeting you guys and producing content for you. Um, I've actually even considered doing YouTube uh, lives to – to teach people stuff. That's just a thought that I'm having. So I don't know. Yeah. So, uh, uh, somebody had just DM'd me, uh, a friend of mine. I'm not going to name names because I don't generally call people out who donate to the ministry. Um, unless you come on the podcast, then you have to, (laughs) (laughs) uh, he, he just signed up for one of the tiers and I was like, dude, I got a shirt with your name on it. Cause we have some undying light shirts that we give to the patrons. And, he says, "Cool." Um, he goes really quick though. Is it a? Is, does it have just you and Paul's face poorly chopped on it? Because that would be amazing. That's what he was asking me. Now we we have shirts with the Undying Light logo on them, and then on the back there's a uh, some scripture. I said no. I said yes. Uh, I am actually eating a raw steak, and Paul is punching pandas. <laughs> and then he goes, "As long as a baby's being dunked in the background, I'm cool with it." Done. That is the next logo for there the shirt, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I like it. I just, Let's make it happen. I mean, these are the conversations that people have with me. So, <laughs> I, you know, and I, and I, I know you can say the same. I, you get tons of people to DM you. I mean, we love our fans. We love the people who who love us, and we love you. And 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 it, and it all comes back to God getting the glory in this. Because I couldn't do this without the support of you guys. I couldn't do this without the support of my wife. And my beautiful daughter and God giving me the mind to come on here and talk with all of these wonderfully intelligent people. Because in my opinion, you guys far exceed anything I know. Uh, I am just a mouthpiece of God at this point. And you guys truly make it uh, make it so beautiful to come on and do this. Um, go ahead. No, I was going to say that's awesome. I, You know, and... I wanted to add, you know, when um, when you when you started offering, uh, you know, to, to give to give to the ministry because I was following you guys. Um, I'll just say this from my perspective um, to know where my money is going and what it's doing and to really see it in in, in action is is a blessing. I mean, it, um, it it really is. And and God works through this and and for me it's like i want to give more because i you know again you're seeing it happen you're not stuck dropping into a basket and you don't know where you know at, at church and it's important to support your local church like at, you know but in addition to, to actually kind of this is kind of like boots on the ground hands on you know you guys are accessible you and paul nick Brad, I mean, it's it's a it's a beautiful thing, and 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 I think it's it's a blessing from God, and and I'm blessed every month that I'm able to give. So mm-hmm. I would encourage all of your listeners, you know, um, it, it really is a blessing when when you give and, and you pay that forward for the glory of God. So I would encourage uh, folks to do that. We we are greatly appreciative and greatly in debt, and. Uh, you know, you, we have people that give a dollar, we have people who give more and, uh, all of them are greatly etched in our hearts. And I know Paul, Paul would be crying because, you know, he's a softy and, uh, he, he would love it. 
but uh, we are in the process of uh, revamping some of the tiers. Uh, Anthony's actually going to be helping with some of that process, so we're going to try to get some better, um, I don't want uh, better rewards for those who who give based upon the amounts they give. Um, uh, Nick. Yeah. Christ the Cure has done a great job with that. And hopefully, you know, as I transition into more of a ministry role here in the next few months, uh, I'll have more time dedicated to supporting some of that. Uh, But we really want to ensure that what we're doing uh, and what you get back is in reflective to what you help give us. You know, like Anthony said, it's not just going into a basket at church and you don't see it again. You know, we give We do giveaways a lot. We've got uh, some fantastic t-shirts that we give to our patrons uh, we're going to try to get uh, more people on the show who are willing to come on um, or maybe uh, we'll do you know uh, a private teaching lessons with them I, I don't know i mean we've got all sorts of ideas uh, that we really want to come forward with so uh, again and if you don't feel obligated and you just want to show your support by sharing and uh, talking about the podcast then do that i mean that's yeah. all that that's all that matters right get the word out to people Share it on your Facebook stream, share it on your Instagram page, share it on Twitter. Um, talk to people if you like what we do, because that's what that's how we get. That's how we grow. That's how this platform gets bigger for us. And uh, we are greatly indebted to it, so, uh, to all of your love and support. So I think we killed the the uh, part one of the worship service episode. And uh, yeah. I think. I think we're we're gonna come back. Um, I think we were talking. We're gonna record early next week or sometime, and we're going to uh, hopefully produce part two uh, next Friday. So then we will discuss lyrics and uh, Lauren Daigle's name slipped in there. So we're gonna take a look at her, mm-hmm. and yeah, we're going to have a uh, grand old time with that one. I'm probably gonna lose a lot of followers, and I don't care. So <laughs> because the word of God is what matters to me. And if you don't like it, uh, this is not the podcast for you. I'm sorry. Uh, any any goodbyes or any other words? No. I, again, thanks for having me on. Um, and I, I appreciate all your support and, and and everybody else's support. I I don't get the opportunity to thank everybody, but you know it's all for the glory of God. I, my IG page. Um, you know, and that's that's the purpose of just sharing truth, and and I hope it's a blessing to everybody. Oh, it's definitely a blessing. I I love your your pages, posts, and I often uh, will save them because I'm going to repost them at a later time. <laughs> I, I will right give on. you the credit, obviously, but uh, uh, <laughs> you you definitely have done um, a tremendous job building a, a great platform for people that are ed- that is edifying and. Uh, keeps people on their toes so uh we've we've cranked up to an hour and 30 minutes and uh i'm going to turn this over to paul and he's going to hopefully get it posted tomorrow and uh i hope you guys enjoy this episode so until next week with anthony and i uh you guys stay blessed paul and i should be back on tuesday hopefully continuing our romans episode and that's all i got from this side of the table we'll see you guys next week Mom 
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 